Information Security Hot Tub, Episode 7, Highlighting Black Excellence in the InfoSec Industry. I am Davin Jackson. Uh, by day, I am a or I'm an uh, application security engineer and penetration tester. Uh, that's just a real fancy way of saying I get to uh, hack into applications and APIs all day, test, uh, looking for vulnerabilities and ways to um, help keep the company I work for more secure. And then I also uh, run Alpha Cybersecurity, which is right now just a, a content creation company uh, solely based on, you know, cybersecurity uh, topics like, you know, how to get into the field, um, pen testing tips, certification tips and things of that nature. Uh, but I also um, host a weekly podcast called InfoSec Unplug. It's usually live every Thursday. Um, I've been off for the last couple of weeks. I believe I'll be back next week. Um, but yeah, every Thursday on YouTube and Twitch and LinkedIn. Uh, where I interview uh, several different people all over cybersecurity field. Uh, there's a there's a few of them in here uh, that I see now that I've interviewed, and um, you know, just trying to get them to share their experience and uh, speak to the the people in the chat. Uh, my pack, that's what I call them. And I am also now the new host for uh, Hacker Valley Blue. Um, which we have an announcement regarding the upcoming season tomorrow. So uh, make sure you tune into that where I will be speaking with um, Ron, Ronald Eddings and, and, and Chris Cochran from Hacker Valley Studios about the upcoming season. So I'm super excited about that as well. Uh, forgive me if I don't sound too energetic. I've been in meetings and stuff all day uh, surrounding everything that's been going on. So I'm um, just happy to be here and... Um, Hope I can, you know, help anybody or share anything that anybody needs. Yeah, that's great. I can't wait to see what the big announcement's going to be. Um, I guess so. How, what got you interested in InfoSec? Like, is that something you've been interested in for a long time, or was there a big kind of shift that kind of pushed you towards the industry? Um. So. Guess this is try to try to shorten it. It's a, it's a long story. Um, so I mean, I I've known I wanted to be involved in something technical um, as far back as I can remember. I was always, you know, tinkering with things and taking things apart and figuring out how they work and why they work. And um, I, I kind of did that pretty much all throughout like my my adolescent years. And then once I got into high school and started getting interested, <laughs> interested into other things, um, that kind of, I kind of stopped doing that. Um, and honestly, there was really no opportunity to, um, there was really no opportunity to, to kind of have to, to do that anywhere where I was going to high school at the time. Um, and also, you know, we weren't really meant to feel like, you know, we were, I guess, qualified or smart enough. So um, kind of put that to the side, um, ended up going to the military. 
Um, I, I tried to do tech, uh, something tech related in the military, but ended up uh, doing um, aircraft maintenance. Uh, so I was an aircraft mechanic on the F-16s and the stealth uh, fighter. And then when I got out of the service, uh, you know, go figure, there weren't any fighter jets in this world. So I really didn't have a job. And um, I searched and struggled for a few years. I uh, went from job to job. I worked at Target for a little bit. I I was a cell phone technician. I, w- I tried my hand at being an electrician. And uh, one thing led to another. And I ended up uh, kind of at a crossroads. So um, my wife, who I give a lot of the credit to, um, kind of put put pulled me to the side and just kind of, you know, <laughs> gave me a stern talking to her, you know, put put her foot in my back and was just kind of like, you know, what is it that you want to do? And I said, you know, I really wanted to get into tech, but um, I didn't really know of any avenue to do that besides going back to school and incurring more debt, which is something that I just I did not want to do. Um, and after doing some research, that's how I was introduced into uh, to certifications. So I started, you know, studying for certifications and I literally started like from the bottom, like I started with like my A plus and um, just kind of worked my way up. And then as I progressed through my career, um, I started gaining more and more interest in cybersecurity. Um, I've told the story a bunch of times I was working in a school system and we were having a lot of issues. So my first experience with cybersecurity was actually more on the defensive side or the preventative side. Um, you know, you know, configuring MDMs and and trying to figure out why we were getting hit with mal, uh, ransomware and different malware attacks. And that's where I was introduced to vulnerability assessments, which then led to penetration testing and, and ethical hacking. And I've kind of been stuck there ever since. Um, I did try my hand back at some blue team stuff, doing some digital forensics but, um, where I was located up north. You kind of had to be in law enforcement to get a job doing digital forensics and I didn't want to go back and start all over again and do like law enforcement. Um, so I did as I gained from digital forensics and applied it to make me a better hacker and just kept progressing through my career. And now I'm here, uh, several years later. Um, I think I saw, uh, McKenna had her hand up. Oh, no, that was an accident. <laughs> Sorry, Devin. So, um, so yeah, like I said, that's, that's pretty much, um, in a nutshell, uh, the story. Well, McKenna, you want to give us a little bit about your, your background? What got you into cyber? Yeah, of course. Um, hi, everybody. Name's McKenna Yankee. I go by Cyber Kenna here on Twitter. Um, and you can find me on like LinkedIn and at my website, cyberlit.co. Um, so I am a blue team uh, security engineer, mainly focused in endpoint security and um, SecOps. Um, what really got me into it was you know, very similar to like Davin, my spouse kind of pulled me to the, to the side. It was like, Hey, you're not happy doing what you're doing. You need to find what speaks to you. And I had always been interested in tech. Like I think everybody who comes into cybersecurity, um, 
And uh, I kind of just was looking for anything really on the tech side, like system admin work. That was originally how I got started. You know, I did desktop support for a few years for the state government. Um, I moved over to um, doing, you know, like system admin work uh, for ed tech. And then um, not too recently, I moved into security engineering for uh, the fintech industry. So that's been a really fantastic and phenomenal experience so far. Um, But yeah, so I mean, like, Honestly, what really drove me to security was I, I just had an interest. I mean, what really piqued my interest was when I was a junior system admin for a power authority company. Um, and we were looking to implement NERC SIP and no one on the tech team cared, didn't want to deal with compliance. Um, and I kind of like volunteered myself or got more so voluntold. <laughs> and it kind of just like piqued us. I found it really interesting and then my boss from there kind of like pushed me to get the security plus certification and it just kind of like snowballed from there and I became obsessed so yeah that's a little bit about me awesome so fun to just see how like different people find different ways to get in and all the work that goes into those different pathways. Um, what have you seen that's kind of, do you think, been kind of a roadblock for a lot of people or caused a lot of struggles um, for new people trying to get in? Uh, there are several. Uh, so there's one, you know, there's the misconception that, uh, you might not be you might not be qualified or you might not be smart enough or you don't have the proper education or the, the transferable skills if, if you're moving in from another field. Um, those are those are some major roadblocks um, just before getting started. And then once you kind of get started, you know, there's there's a lot of other nonsense. But uh, I'm going to focus on the ones um, that I just mentioned previously. Um because that that I I've noticed um, a lot of people are scared to even get started just because they feel like oh it's highly technical I don't really know anything I don't know how to you know I don't know how to code or I don't know how you know how, what you're talking about or what the lingo is so it's hard to follow so therefore I'm not going to be good enough in the field. Um, and it comes with time. I mean, yeah, there is going to be some terms and some phrases and some techniques and tools that you may not be familiar with that may be, um, you know, overwhelming at first. And just like everything else with repetition and, you know, practice, you know, things will get easier. Uh, for example, like I think my biggest thing was um, when I got into tech, uh, similar to what McKenna was saying, um, being in the the education system, um, I I thought the goal was sysadmin. I thought the goal that that was to me that was the, the the furthest I thought I could go with my level of education because I like I said I'm not college educated. I went to high school. I graduated high school and then I went to the military. So um, I didn't think I could go any further, and I kept finding different excuses why I shouldn't pull the trigger. 
um, and and move into cybersecurity. And then eventually, um, I just I got to a point where I felt like I did all that I can do where I was, and I I I wasn't I didn't enjoy it anymore. It wasn't fun to me, you know that that itch in the back of my brain that made me want to know why things were working the way they were like it was gone. And, and it was just like, I, I kind of lost that, 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 that excitement. And then I moved into, when I moved into cybersecurity, it was just kind of like, man, I really, I really probably wasted like a good two or three years just because I doubted myself, just because I wasn't certain if, mm-hmm. you know, I was qualified or, or, or if I could do it. And sure enough, I did it. And I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm great at it, but, um, you know, I'm definitely a lot better than what I thought I would be. And then even when you get in the field, there's still other things that you run into. Um, for me, like I remember um, when I first got into pen testing, it was more of like network pen testing. And I kind of stayed with network and infrastructure pen testing because that's what I was familiar with because I came from a sysadmin background. So I knew things like Active Directory, how, you know, a Windows system worked. So I kind of stayed there and it wasn't until... Um, I met another gentleman uh, by the name of Cliff. Um, I won't say his whole name out, out here, but uh, he challenged me to get better at a uh, web app pen testing for year, and and I I kind of dreaded it because Burp Suite and 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 OAuth Zap just kind of looked like just looked crazy to me. Like I couldn't understand it. And once the, once I kind of got an understanding, and you know, Cliff was there to really help me um, learn about learn how to use it and learn how to use the different tabs and the features and what, what extensions to use. You know, now I enjoy web app pen testing or application pen testing, especially with APIs more than I've, more than I've done anything else. So, you know, it's just, it's just a matter of kind of stepping out of your comfort zone and just, you know, believing in yourself and and doing the work. Hope that answered the question. Definitely. And it looks like we got Charles in. Uh, Charles, do you want to give a little bit of an introduction to yourself, a bit about your background, how you got into InfoSec? Yeah, hey, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, my name is um, Charles Shearer. Um, Of course, on Twitter, I go by the BSD Bandit. Um, I've been at this for 20 years. Wow, long time. but I, I got started in, well, really in cybersecurity for the last, it's been like the last eight years. I actually took the wireless route. Uh-oh. We got the hand raised. What's up? Sorry. No, that that, that, that was an accident. But I do know oh. <laughs> how the hell I still got this energy. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's an on button. That's all I can explain it. That's the only way, I, the best way I can explain it. But, um, no, I got started in wireless, and I just had an infatuation with learning just the the basics of wireless. Um, before that, like I said, I was just a PC tech, sysadmin. Um, I fell in love with Nix altogether, whether it was Linux or Unix, which is where the BSD love comes from still to this day. And... From there, I got into wireless, and I just started buying different wireless antennas, started meeting up with folks that were into wireless, and that kind of got my 
juices flowing as far as like getting into like the, the pen testing arena. From there, I got into a little bit of net pen. And then I don't know, it just something like I just kind of found this love for hacking web apps. It was just something different. And I kind of just put more effort and time into just really learning how uh, web apps work um, from building just a basic web app in like JavaScript and then just like trying to break it. Like, so pretty much I was just doing like building and breaking it. So that's been pretty fun. And I still do that to this day. And of course it's bled over into APIs and APIs take you down to different, like literally right now I'm sitting here, <laughs> I'm sitting here. So, and just quick story real quick. Um, just, this is just about like always constantly keeping your hunger and keeping, you know, just keeping you excited in this field. So literally just like last night, woke up middle of the night, I got tired of Ubuntu on my laptop. So I stripped it off and put just straight raw free BSD on a Lenovo laptop. Some things work, some things don't, but that's the adventure that I'm enjoying right now. I'm actually sitting here watching the text come through the screen as I'm recompiling the kernel just so I can get some extra functionality with USB-C. But I, I, I say that to say this, it's just like in this field, whatever whatever path that you choose, there's no set path. Just the, the, the thing you just got to get over, the hump that you got to get over is just being able to just say, you know what? I'm just going to do this. I don't care who's looking. I don't care who's like what the new trend is. Because there's always going to be something new in this field. So you, it's more so just getting over that hump. And that's something that I had to do early was just get over the hump. You know, because you get them, they say, hey, nobody uses BSD. Don't care. I like it. And that's that's the approach I'm putting out there for folks that's get starting out in cybersecurity. If this is something that you want to do, even if it's just learning how to hack sensors, well, nobody uses it in the day job. It's just something that if you're interested in, uh, eventually it will become your job. Your hobby becomes your job. If that makes sense. Uh oh, it got silent. Uh, yeah, no, that makes sense. Oh, looks like we got like silent in here. Yeah. Can you actually um, repeat that question that you had asked before Charles um, introduced himself? Because I think that was like a really good question. And I just want to make sure I, I like get it exactly how it was. <laughs> what, what was that? Cause it, it, breaking up. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I had asked Parker if he could um, go back over that question he had asked. 
um, before you before you introduced yourself, I, I really wanted to get back to that question. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so I was just wondering, what do you think is kind of keeping people from getting in and getting started in like InfoSec, if there's anything you've noticed, um, talking to people or even making your own way in, uh, what are some like roadblocks or things that people seem to be having like a harder time with or um, that are really just kind of being a roadblock or an obstacle for people? Uh, so I, I think um, Davin made a really good point uh, about the technical portion, um, people being intimidated by the technical half of it or not realizing that not every job um, is incredibly technical. So I think that can be a blocker. Um, the most recent one I've heard has been like people feeling overwhelmed by information. Like there's such a plethora of information and we're not always good about defining paths and just like um you know just like really defining career paths for people um which can be a great thing because that means um you know a diverse you can come in with like a diverse background from different types of uh entry points um everybody can come in a little bit of a different way but i think for individuals that are from more highly regulated careers um struggle with that portion, it feels so overwhelming for them to kind of decide where to start, where to begin, um, how to get going, what, you know, mid-tier or senior level looks like. So I think that's part of the reason. And, you know, another thing is gatekeeping. I think we still have a lot of gatekeeping um, in the industry, and that's a super big turnoff for a lot of people. I just joined, and that is such a good question um, because I haven't been here and I haven't heard some of the uh, answers or things of that nature. And, um, you know, someone that is new, just like me, um, I'm about five or six months into my first InfoSec job, uh, which is a, Z a GRC position. Um, Again, I can actually speak to the fact that you don't have to have this extensive amount of technical background in order to get a job in this industry. Um, there are so many different areas and facets of cybersecurity or InfoSec that are available to so many different people, but they don't really know that because we don't really talk about that. Um, most of the time, people view cybersecurity as, you know, we're, we're all dark hoodies and we're hacking and we're doing this and doing that. That's not the reality of what's going on or, or, or our situations or our jobs. Um, we need to be a part of breaking that stigma that this is what it looks like and this is how it goes because people watch TV, they watch the news, watch or listen or read different things and they think this is what it's all about. There's so much more to cybersecurity other than 
being a, a, a pen tester. Now, a pen tester is very good. I think that's a really lucrative um, career. However, are we really talking about the other things that people can do outside of that in order for them to be a part of this community? Like, we have to really open up the floodgates and open up the doors and, and talk about some of these different career paths that are as equally helpful, such as GRC. You know, I, I'm team GRC because that's just where I'm at. But like, are we really having these conversations within our companies and our organizations and our enterprises? Like, are we really talking about stuff like this so we can genuinely feel some of these job gaps and, 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 and career gaps? Like, are we really talking about this with people outside of inside of our organizations and outside of our organizations so we can fill some of these gaps because a lot of these jobs are not just pen testing. Some are technical writing. Some of them are GRC. Some of them are sales. There are so many different areas and we just don't hear enough about how to get in these areas or do a little more learning and 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 conditioning as far as pushing these people into these positions like everybody wants to be red team blue team and that's just their their main focus point it's a lot that goes into both of those teams and then you can also be both teams you can be a purple teamer Kind of like Tanya uh, Janka, like she literally is an advocate on being both. Like you can be good at both things and still make that a career path, but you don't hear a lot about that um, other than one or two people that I know. Um, but again, there's so many opportunities for the people that we are seeing trying to transition into this industry and they have no idea that you can still do this and not be extraordinarily technical. Like you can be somewhat technical, you can be a little bit of technical and still have a career here. And I'm here to tell you like, I'm not the most extreme technical person, but I can do my thing if I need. However, everybody's not that person and I don't look down on them and I don't look past them uh, when we come to granting opportunities or whatever, but be open-minded, be mindful that everybody does not have to be technical in order for them to contribute to this industry or teach someone else or whatever like like let's just be open to that sorry talked a long time now you speak the truth as always
But yeah, no, we were highlighting black excellence. So how did that go? I I joined 30 minutes after completely zoned out on everything. So how did the highlighting black excellence things go? Like who are we highlighting or who have we highlighted? Oh, well, we're kind of just getting started. So, um, who do you think should be? I mean, there's so many people. Um, and I know we only have a pretty small panel at the moment, but um, I guess who are some of the people that you see making big, big or even small changes in the industry? I think Charles is a really good person that I would like to highlight because he always brings such positive energy in his videos and, you know, in his streams, like I, I really love his energy. Um, and then McKenna, you know, she's with the women of, uh, cyber jitsu. And again, even outside of that, like she always has a positive influence on women in tech, especially black women in tech. Um, I would definitely, definitely highlight um, Kirsten Bragger. And again, we had this conversation before. Um, she was the one that she held a contest. She held something that was going on. And um, where she was giving away certain bundles and and, and booklets for the security plus, um, and I was one of the people that won last year. And even with that, like I I took what she gave me, passed it, and we also had like a personal conversation after. Well, no, I will say this. The day before I was scheduled to take the test, the exam, the security plus, the CompTIA security plus, the day before I was scheduled to do that, we had a conversation and we talked about transferable skills. And it enlightened me in a way that I didn't even know was a real thing. Um, and so she asked me about my past work history and things like that. And so just to shed light on that, my past work history comes from, you know, warehouses and logistics and things like that. Plus, I had seven years of management experience in fast food. Um, three of those years included being a general manager for Taco Bell. Um, and again, you know, I, I was never really considering that, like, I was not even putting that on my resume because we all feel like if it's not a technical role, we're not including it on our resumes. And this, this is just somebody that at that time, you know, coming in, I didn't understand transferable skills. Um, and she had a conversation with me and she was like, you know, have you thought about GRC? Because I'm pretty sure that you have complied with 
federal and government standards when it comes to food safety, when it comes to health department standards and things of that nature. And I was like, I never thought about it like that. Like I never considered that. But those are things that literally I've been compliant with all this time um, and knowledgeable about throughout my fast food career. And to transfer that into GRC, like, I just never thought about doing that. So it was, uh, it was definitely an eye-opening situation for me, but I always try to open other people's minds going forward because there's no need for us to teach each other something if we can't teach others as well. Like I want everybody to be successful. I want them to be the best them that they can be. But sometimes we don't know always how to be that or how to translate our resumes and and throughout these job searches. And so it really was a game changer for me. Um, So she was a game changer for me in so many different ways. But again, like, I'm very humble and appreciative of that because not only with her guidance and other people's guidance, especially like Davin, Tyrone, Jay Bizzle, like, those are my, those are my people, you know what I mean? But it's really good to take little tidbits along the way to really get yourself to where you want to be because that's a part of our success stories. Um, I really want to see everybody win, but you know, again, everybody's situations and stories are going to be different. My story ended up being extraordinarily different. Um, But I'm very proud of where I'm at right now. I'm very happy and humble about where I'm at right now. I just, I say that story to say this, don't give up. Don't lose focus. Don't lose hope. Your your journey is your journey. Your your struggle is your struggle. Like it is so possible for you to be so successful in this industry because there is so much space and room for all of us here, especially black people. Especially black people. There is room for us here. And I'm just I, I want everyone on this call to take something from that and just know there is a way there there is a space for us and if I can help you get there I will sorry talking again a lot can I just add plus one one thousand percent to everything you just said (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I uh, I always always highlight uh, Kalila because she is just amazing like 
that's my sis. Love her to death. She's out here constantly helping everybody, highlighting everybody, giving people chances, um, speaking to the importance of the Black experience in InfoSec. So just, like, if we can highlight anybody, let's, let's her. <laughs> um, amazing person. Amazing. Um, I really want to highlight, like, four individuals that I think are phenomenal and I see them out there all the time, just doing their thing and really helping the community. One, I got a shout out to like Mary Galloway, who is the CEO of Women's Society of Cyber Jitsu, which is the organization that um, I volunteer at. Um, she's amazing. She, I, I look at her as like a mentor, a guide, like she's just straight up angel in my eyes. Um, she, she is the pinnacle of, of helping black women in the industry and just black, just black excellence all around. Um, another of course is like DR Footman. I think everybody knows her by CCIE by 30 on Twitter. Like, honestly, amazing. Um, I can't, I can't say enough about her, uh, She's, you know, I don't think we see a lot of black women in network engineering. So it's really cool to see um, black women in, in that role. Uh, so she, she's phenomenal. Uh, and, um, like Joe Clinton, I don't think she's on Twitter, but you can find her on LinkedIn. Also another black woman and, and network, like network security and network engineering, just amazing. Like they, both of them put out just excellent content all the time, really insightful content, um, and just are, are doing the damn thing. Love them to death. Um, and then one other person I, I would like to highlight is Henry Davis. I think he's under textual chatter on Twitter. Uh, he does everything. I know he runs like a podcast. He's a content creator. He does career advice for like InfoSec. Like, honestly, check out his content. Again, these are all phenomenal content creators and just, like, really, truly show what Black excellence is and are constantly helping the community and, like, raising the community up, empowering everybody, um, and just really dedicating their time to making sure um, that we not only show up at the table, but make our own table and have our own chairs, have our own seats. You know, so like those are a handful of people that I feel like need to get highlighted, and just absolutely adore every single one of them. I also want to highlight um, Matt. He has the um, Crypto Harlem um, podcast. Um, and this is where I met uh, Sir O O me O my. Uh, <laughs> very cool guy, very cool rapper, very cool cybersecurity guy. Um, and I know he's a listener right now, but I would love for him to like be invited to speak. Um, I know he probably got a little short speech or whatever the case, but I would love to have him invited if somebody can do that. Um, he was featured on Darknet Diaries. And, uh, yeah, like I really would like to just have him kind of share his story. 
especially him being a black rapper um, and in cybersecurity, like, I think is, like, hella dope. Yeah, we'll try and get him up. Yeah, I just invited him, so we'll see what happens there. The spaces for Android uh, decided they don't like Bluetooth. So uh, give me like three minutes. I'll be back. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. So again, with some of the people that I have encountered, um, is, especially as far as Black people with Russian. Um, Tyrone Wilson has been a huge, huge impact on my career. Um, when I met Tyrone, I had just passed my Security Plus exam. And I had made a post about it or whatever. And I was looking for like internships and things of that nature. And he reached out to me on the post and then he reached out to me in my DMs and I end up being uh, like a mentee for for him and cover six solutions, which is his company. Um, for me, that was a game changer. Starting out in that year, I was very shy. I was very shy and I was very afraid to do speaking engagements or just actually like kind of put myself out there. We had a couple of conversations where he was just like, you know, you are really awesome. Like, do you know that? And like, I knew it, but I didn't know it, know it. And just having that support, um, the first, like one of the first talks that I did, uh, was, I passed the security plus now what um, for cover six solutions and also um, DC cyber warriors. Um, and so I just, I didn't know my own strength. I didn't know my own power and the power of my voice and the power of everything that I have been through in my story and my testimonies, um, like I didn't know what the power was behind that. And the more that I started to talk to people last year, um, the more I started to connect with more folks that were new or trying to transition and was just as shy as me or just felt like, you know, they wanted to speak up, but just maybe didn't have the platform or or the know-how um, or whatever. Um, but it really enlightened me in a way where I can kind of shine the light on others. And then not only that, I can help other people. Like, it just, it, it really 
makes me feel good to be able to give something back or be supportive in a way that other people were for me. Like, I think that's the gist of InfoSec and cybersecurity. Like, that's why we always have a community because we are always continuously giving back and supporting one another as people have done for us. Like, I don't, every, even before I got my job, even before. I graduated from college, what, two weeks ago? I literally was always giving back, always giving back to others, always supporting one another. I created TechSec Chicks over a year ago, and it just means so much because I felt like I was so alone during this journey through school through learning outside of school and just networking, I felt alone in that journey. And I wanted to make sure that I could provide environment where other women can reach out, ask questions, and not feel some type of way. You don't got to feel no type of way with us here at Tech Tech Chick. So, I mean, it's, I don't know. It was just it was a good vibe, but I'm I'm gonna let you go, uh, sir. Can you hear us? Oh my. Yeah, I think he might be getting a pair of headphones. Oh, um, but that's He's okay. Probably in the checkout line. Okay. So while we're waiting, what, least what resources would you recommend to people, um, or good like strategies that you might have found? Uh, they get to get people um, into the industry or into like maybe pointing them in the right direction for like a finger certification. Um, again, my the beginning of my career started out with college uh, with Purdue University Global, um, and it was completely online. But after Starting that is when I found the, the, you know, the InfoSec community. Um, Some of the things that were very helpful to me is, you know, Darknet Diaries kind (laughs) of led me to InfoSec Twitter. It literally led me here. And I found Darknet Diaries while I was commuting back and forth. My, My daughter she was going to Purdue West Lafayette and, you know, she would come home on the weekends or, or during breaks. And I would listen to these podcasts and we would both listen to them together. And that's how I found this community because incident on his podcast. Um, but again, after that, 
finding different people and just interacting and networking with people um, through t- Twitter, um, it definitely was a game changer because there are so many opportunities here. There are so many people that are looking to hire, some people that are looking to teach, some people that are looking to give out resources. Um, it's, it's just really a game changer. And that's to say the same on platforms like LinkedIn, um, sometimes Facebook or Instagram. Like you just never know who you may come across. Like you have to be careful sometimes, but at the same time, like Twitter has been the best resource I could ever have. And when I say that, like I've got my cybersecurity internship via connecting with someone on on Twitter. I've gotten my job that I have now as a security compliance analyst in the GRC realm with with GHX via a Twitter connection. I literally got a free exam voucher and a study guide for the Security Plus, which platformed all this via Twitter. So if I could say anything to everybody, it is please learn to network with the people on Twitter in the InfoSec and cybersecurity realm. You never know what could be the the changing or deciding factor in you having your next position earlier or faster than you thought you would as opposed to you not having it. Like, you need to network either way. However, Twitter has definitely been the best networking tool I could have ever imagined, and I never saw that coming. I definitely want to, like, back up what you were saying about networking. Um, But for me, it's been through, like, communities, through, like, InfoSec chapters or nonprofit organizations, even through, you know, like certification chapters. I think that those can be really easy ways to network and connect with others when maybe you don't know how to connect with, uh, uh, you know, like InfoSec professionals on like Twitter or LinkedIn. Maybe you, you don't even know some of these uh, big names in the industry. Uh, So I feel like communities can be really, really helpful for me. uh, How I got started was um, finding the Women's Society of Cyber Jitsu. And I had uh, joined, despite there not being a chapter here in the Dallas area. um, And I got to know a few ladies who were kind of on the same journey as me. And I got to meet uh, some of the other ladies that were in leadership. Um, And they kind of took me under their wing. They helped support me. I found multiple different mentors and and people willing to give their time to just like help me with simple questions or even complex ones. Um, And then after about six months of being part of the community, um, there was an opportunity to help build out the Dallas chapter. And I jumped on that. I 
wanted so badly to give back to the community that was already supporting me and uplifting me. And so, you know, right in the middle of the pandemic, I got to build the first WSC chapter 100% virtually. Um, and that was kind of an interesting challenge and uh, really required some strategic thinking and ability to communicate and, uh, you know, work on my leadership skills. Um, and from there, I mean, I just had so many opportunities for, I mean, people would reach out to me all the time when they had job openings or whether they had, you know, interesting um like episodes or podcasts or something like I found so many opportunities. I, I met Kalila through a, through a podcast that I joined that one of the ladies had told me about, about signing up for it. And um, that kind of got to know everybody here on Twitter was through that. And that was last year. And I've been so thankful. So I, I feel like a lot of the times if you're struggling to figure out how to get in, um, especially for uh, black people or even just you know like people of color communities are an excellent start uh, especially if you don't know where to begin and I cannot stress enough that it's not just about networking you're going to succeed so much more when you can build rapport and actual relationships with people outside of just networking because I mean these people are not just these are like people I network these are friends I consider you know a lot of the people that I've met through the community like family. So I, I really think that uh, it's it's a useful route to take, especially if you don't know where to start. Find your nearest, um, you know, chapter on meetup.com or something like that. But uh, there's so many different types of infosec uh, communities and organizations and stuff. I mean, like, you can really choose whatever you want. Be part of all of them or be part of one. It doesn't matter. But I, I really think that community is more important than than just networking. So if you can find a community, I, I think you will find um, so many doors opening for you and so many different types of opportunities. I don't know. Um... I don't know. I sound like you were breaking up me, uh, McKenna. Maybe it's just my phone, but okay. We'll move on to Sir. Oh my! I am here now. Can you hear me? I can. Yeah. Shout out to new headphones. Like literally just opened the package. Uh, <laughs> so th thanks for all those. Thanks for all those kind words you said earlier. But um, I missed what your actual question to me was. No, um, I just wanted to highlight you. I wanted to highlight you because you are Black excellence. And again, you know, some of those episodes that I was listening to early on when I wasn't aware of the community um, and just listening to the Darknet Diaries podcast, um, just coming across like Black guys in that situation because most of the episodes were not about black guys. And so I thought it was very interesting to find that and, 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 and find, um, and then again, we kind of connected on Matt's, uh, uh, podcast, his crypto Harlem podcast, but I thought that was pretty dope. Like I, I thought that was something that, 
you know, if you want to talk about it, you want to talk about your music, um, what you have going on, what you're doing um, as far as just work-wise in the community. Um, like, I think it's good to hear. Oh, I appreciate that. So just, I guess for the record, the, uh, the Dark Knight Diaries episodes wasn't particularly about Black people. It was more about nerdcore as a as a musical genre, as a as a hip hop genre. Uh, I just hack on the show, um, and <laughs> that probably comes more from like uh, my my area of music has been like historically white. It's always been like the uh, the nerd fandoms who didn't like real hip hop, but they were like, oh, I like this random piece of music that's hot ass. But no, <laughs> um, there's a lot of good people uh, in, in the genre. But but it's always been like uh, um, a historically white um, genre until roughly about um, 2013 is when um, the genre as a whole. So people was like, oh, there there are, are non-white people rapping about nerd stuff. Crazy, <laughs> who the funk, right? Um, and so uh, as as a whole, um, nerdcore has been sort of evolving but in the hacker world uh it not so much if you go to soundcloud for example where a lot of the community lives you're not going to find a lot of um either original music or uh original or just black people in general um i can name two black infosec rappers and i am one of them the other one before me uh who's performed at defcon like that has been around for a long time. Uh, I think it's like disappeared off the map somewhere. I don't know where he's at. But uh, it's not really a, a a common sight. And so that's why um, even performing at DEF CON last year was sort of a big deal. I think at least for me and for some of my um, uh, musical friends, it's because we were basically the first black rapping act at DEF CON since, I don't know, like, 2012 or like some some off the wall number which is way too long um no offense to, to like whitey cracker or dual core for example right those those are my friends um but it's it's just different you know what i mean uh there's a different expectation for when i rap versus when uh they rap and that that gets into like talking about like skill sets and stuff like whatever um but uh i've always been like rapping about like work stuff so when i was in the navy for a while um i was like rapping about like electronics because it was helping me memorize things and and stuff like that and uh it's always just been like my thing to rap about work because i really enjoy all the work that i do if i don't like the work then i'm gonna leave right um and at the time it was just sort of like a side thing that was just like you know oh i'm doing this for fun and then i started doing like actual shows and like bars and and at like video game conventions and anime conventions and I'm like okay you know, that's cool. Um, at this time I wasn't like in in infosec or anything. I was doing electronic work. And then uh, my first infosec job was actually at the NSA <laughs> as a as an operator. I suddenly went from like from like <laughs> from having like no cyber experience to being like a pinnacle in like cyber operations. It was kind of weird uh, because I didn't, I didn't go, I didn't go to school for it. Um, I basically just went to the training that was given to us 
I passed some of the exams that they had, and they were like, oh, yeah, go to this uh, training school, and which I, I eventually failed, but I made it through enough that they were basically like, okay, well, uh, you know most of what you're talking about. Come uh, do this other operation work. Uh, so when I got out, so that was like that was like my journey in InfoSec. I was doing like radar equipment, and then all of a sudden I work at the NSA. It's crazy. Uh, but this whole time, like uh, I still sort of like mix rapping and and InfoSec stuff because like I like my job. I like being able to have like this niche market where I can like reach out and have like a random fan base of uh of people, <laughs> and uh, it, it's. It's been great, but also it gives me the opportunity because, like, I'm from New York, and uh, I love roasting people like to death. Uh, I do it a lot. I do it on Twitter, and it's never, it's not always been like, <laughs> it's not always like with hate or anything like like that. You know what I mean? It's like it's just my natural personality. Um, but like, it, it gives me this opportunity to give uh, provide this perspective, to, like infosec. Of like, yo, you sound real stupid right now. Uh, you need to. I'm not gonna put on any like corporate voice or anything. I'm just be like, yo, get to have this personality because not only am I a rapper, but you know, I'm also black from New York. So you're gonna get to you, and I don't care whether you like it or not. I guess I guess it's a bit of a, a privilege to be able to say that. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, that, I guess I guess that's me. That's probably not really what you asked me, but no, but you know what? I think it's so. It's so wild. Like, you kind of breezed over the NSA thing, and we go. I want to circle back on that. Like, how, how did, how does something like that happen? Uh, so I was originally going to get out at my, um, my six year mark in the Navy. Uh, I was going to go to school for like um, electrical engineering, but then I was like, oh, this other job is open. And this cyber, like cybersecurity, that sounds cool. Uh, let me go try that. And I went <laughs> and I passed, uh, passed exam, passed all the classes, like sort of just breezed through all the stuff. I was like, this is, this is something I can do. I didn't know I could do this like six years ago uh, when they originally offered me the job, right? Because I had just come out of high school. Like I, I had no concept of, of cybersecurity or most IT work. Um, and I just realized, it was, uh, give me one second. Sorry. Yeah, I'm definitely on hold for this, this NSA thing. Cause like the generalization behind it is you have to be the shit. Like you, your shit have to be together to be working for the NSA. And so just to find a black man that kind of nonchalant breathes into a role like that. Like, I'm interested to absolutely hear about that. However, I know we had some people kind of chime in. Oh, uh, sorry. I, I, my bad. I was ordering it. The Wendy's drive-through. You have to hear my entire. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> you're at Wendy's right now. <laughs> right. That's what we doing. I'm, I'm hungry. You know, I, I gotta eat. Um, I mean, hey, so, you got a multitask. Right. 
<laughs> yeah. So so the NSA stuff was was sort of um uh in that position in the Navy, there's only so many places you can go. And if you're in that particular role, uh you're probably going to end up at the NSA one way or another, right? But it wasn't something that I expected out of my career. Uh, uh like at any point, right? It wasn't like the year before, before I even got the uh got accepted into that role. I wasn't like, oh you know, I'm gonna go work there. Like that wasn't in my head. But as I started to learn more about the role, it's like, oh, well, everybody almost ends up there at one of the stations, right? Whether it's uh, whether it's uh, uh, Fort Meade or in, in San Antonio or Georgia or whatever, like you, you usually end up in one of those spots. And when I got there, uh, uh, they uh, wanted me to be like a like like a, a a network analyst or something like that, like doing like uh. Like looking at network diagrams and, and and building up maps and stuff like that, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of, to me, that's that's kind of boring. Right? I'm not a technical person, and uh, I had to go ask. I was like, yo, did I pass like the operator exam or or no? Because the operator exams like it's like this logic, it's a lot of logic. And they were like, oh yeah, you passed it like with flying colors. And I was like, oh, uh, I, okay, I guess, thanks. Uh, and so I went to the operator school. Um, and that's I, I. I don't really know how to explain it. Other than that, uh, those are just a series of events that happened. Uh, but it, it was it was definitely like eye opening for me because I'm like, yo, if I can do this, then like this is the job that I should have picked originally uh, when I was in like junior high school. High school, I didn't know this stuff existed, right? Um, I didn't realize this was a career field or opportunity until I got to the job itself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so like uh, now now that you know that you have that type of potential without even really putting I won't say without putting into it or anything like that but now knowing what you do know like is there anything that you would like to do or are doing to kind of have those conversations with young black men, young black women within your community as far as like, what does that look like? So I, I mean, I live in Seattle. Uh, <laughs> not, <laughs> ain't a lot of things going on here in that regard. But um, I, my goal uh, is to eventually move back to New York and, um, you know, particularly Brooklyn. And and to have these conversations with people, right? Like, I want to have an impact in the places where I grew up, because had I known that this was a thing that I could have been good at, I would have been doing it a long time ago, right? I would have made sure that I graduated high school on time. You know, I would have made sure that <laughs> I did not graduate high school on time. I was a super senior. Uh, I would have made sure that uh, uh, um, that you know my my grades were good, that, that I was prepared for college, which I was not. Um, and all this, all this other stuff. Uh, I want to go back to like the junior high school level, uh, not necessarily be a teacher because I don't have the patience for that, but but at least have like you know after school programs where where kids can learn about stuff and, and have that direct impact uh, on our lives. That is my my goal, uh, and that is currently why like I'm working on my PhD right now and and doing a bunch of other stuff uh, uh, to to reach that end. You know what I mean?
All right, that's good stuff. I know Alex had a question, so I'm gonna let Alex take the floor. Hi, how are you guys doing? Good. How you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. I'd just like to introduce myself. My name is Alex. Um, I'm someone that has been really passionate of cybersecurity pretty much, uh, I'd say, since 2016. But I've been messing with technology since I came out the womb, pretty much. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to say that I empathize a lot with um, what Beatrix has been saying in terms of wanting to help people and being able to share the knowledge and experience that you've gained over the years with others as well. Um, I grew up just messing with computers and um, I started building computers, I think around, I'd say uh, 10 years old, around there. And then around when I was about 16, I started uh, troubleshooting people's computers and fixing them. This is like a side, you know, hustle thing. And at 18, I think that's when I got into ethical hacking. Um, I've been Security Plus certified since January of 2021. And it's been a long journey. It's been fun. It's been tiring. It's been exciting. It's been a roller coaster, all kinds of ups and downs. And if I would say that, mm, my apologies, I'm still like struggling with words. I have really bad social anxiety. I'm working on that. I'm trying to like come out of my shell and network with people and, you know, speak my mind and share my experience and such. But um, I came from Washington, D.C. I was born and raised there. Um, I didn't grow up, you know, with a lot of money and I didn't really have a lot, a lot of opportunities or resources to utilize to my own benefit. So all I pretty much was a computer and an internet connection. And I understood at a young age that if I have access to the internet, I have access to all of the world's knowledge at my fingertips. And I was very passionate about technology. Once I got a, you know, my first computer when I was like around, I'd say eight or nine years old, I got hooked to it. Absolutely hooked to it. I wanted to understand how it worked. Like my parents would buy me toys for uh, like, you know, Christmas and stuff. And instead of me actually playing with the toys, I would take them apart and try to figure out how they work. <laughs> so when I got a computer, I pretty much did the same thing. A uh, very tech person. I'm always asking questions and trying to figure out how things function. Um, but I've been working in IT pretty much since... I say the last two years, I'm trying to get an infosec. It's a little difficult. Uh, I just started utilizing Twitter recently to try to, you know, get out there and network with people, and you know, create some connections. And this is what I'm act actively trying to do. But um, yeah, I just really would have wanted to empathize with you on that. Uh, back in 2019, I was a part of a IT academy called the Hope Project, and I had actually met the CEO of the company through a friend of mine because he went there. Him and I actually went to school together. Um, I actually didn't finish school until I was about, I think, 20. And right now I'm 24. I got my A plus before I actually got my GED because that's how hooked on it I was. I was that fascinated. I was that passionate of, um, you know, just trying to get into IT and cybersecurity. But at the academy while I was there, um, I had made, made a deal with the CEO because I had already told him my experience of what I do. What they did was IT training, already been building computers for years and troubleshooting them. And I let him know my experience. And he said, okay, since you're, you know, pretty well skilled in this area already, um, do you want to teach, you know, do you want to co-teach in my class? And I'll go ahead and, you know, let you in for free and I'll pay for all your exams and everything. I said, yeah, for sure. 
and I did that for about probably nine months. Uh, I came into the academy and I, you know, a teacher whenever they needed someone to do like more research on a particular topic. Because we mainly used just books. We had the old CompTIA books. Like, this guy was old school. He had uh, laptops from, like, 2007 that still had Windows 7 on them. Um, he had, uh, what else? Uh, like, the books, the, the CompTIA books, the A+, and the Network+. And I was letting them know. Like, I, I, I was like, there's a lot of information online that you can find about this stuff. Like, I'm pretty sure I can, you know, find some PDF books and, like, put it in a Google Drive and just, like, let you guys had the link, you know, organize it and everything. You know, I started doing that for them. And then I started, you know, to start teaching a class. I brought in my own personal computer parts. And because I wanted the students to really understand, you know, how computers work. Like, you can get it from a book. Yeah, you can read about tech all you want. But having hands-on practical experience with this stuff is what's really important. You have to do the hands-on work to mostly learn it. Reading it is just understanding the terminologies and what you're diving into. Actually doing the work, it's kind of different. So uh, that's why I was like, yeah, it'd be a good idea for my own computer parts. They had computers there, but they were pretty outdated. I wanted to show them what like the new parts that we had in today's time and such. And I had a really good system at the time. Uh, I think... Um, yeah, it was a gaming system that I had built for myself, and I use it for pretty much anything. I don't use a desktop anymore. I switch over to laptops because now in today's age, we have laptops with the power of desktops, and I love that. Um, I started building gaming desktops because I got into gaming. I'm also a gamer too, uh, sir. I've been playing uh, games since you know I was a kid. I'm also in anime as well. I've been to several conventions. Um, I'm pretty sure you've heard of Otakon on the East Coast. And what else? MagFest. Yeah, I've been at those. MacFest is super fun. I'm really sad I didn't get to go uh, this year. Anyways, um, but yeah, I was part of the academy for a while. I taught them how to build a computer. I taught them, you know, troubleshooting. Taught them what's a motherboard, what's a CPU, you know, what's RAM, what's an SSD, the different kinds of SSDs, um, all that stuff. And I, there was times it stayed after class. Like we were there from I'd say eight a.m. to I think 3 p.m. I wouldn't leave until like six or seven. And there would be like probably I'd say five other students with me while I'm just like teaching them stuff and just going over notes and just reviewing things and like watching videos. And so I've done pretty uh, much he he was talking about anime, man. I just want to say, have y'all seen that uh new anime called Wenkan? No, oh, no, I haven't seen it. I really haven't been watching anime recently. I've been really busy just studying, and we know it with work as well. I like it to watching it. I've just been way too busy. Last thing I watched was, I think, Demon Slayer, and probably months ago. <laughs> yeah, man, it's a really dope but, anime. Um, it's called Wenkan, but it's for Wenkan, these nuts fit in your mouth. <laughs> oh, my God, bro, come on. Anyways, um, but yeah, I was a part of that academy for a while, and I, I left with my A+. And I studied on my own time to get to Security Plus, and now I'm here. How I got into InfoSec, that's actually interesting. Um, back when I was, you know, around 18 years old, I knew I wanted to work in tech. I'm just like, okay, I have this experience. Like, I have, you know, I've been building computers for years and stuff. Like, what do I want to do? I don't know if I want to do, like, tech, so, like, network engineer, et cetera. And I had to remember coming across a commercial about a show that was about hacking. It was called Mr. Robot. And, you know, it caught my attention. I began watching the series and I began to notice that all the hacking in the show was legit. They were talking about Linux. They were talking about, you know, DDoS attacks. They were talking about man in the middle, going over 
um, Python scripts, uh, key loggers, things like that, et cetera. Like you actually see it in the show. This isn't just the Hollywood stuff where you're just seeing a guy with a hoodie with neon green text flying across his screen and he's just like molesting the keyboard. <laughs> this is like real shit, like in the field. And it just, it, it pretty much practically changed my life because I was like, whoa, this is real. Like this is actual hacking that's going on in the show. And it had a deep story too. It was about how like, you know, society works and everything and such and, you know, corrupt corrupt corporations. And the show was basically just about hacking the top 1%, taking all of their money and distributing it back to, you know, the people. That's pretty much the whole show is about. And it is using hacking as a method to do that. Because honestly, I believe if you understand computers, it's, it's a really powerful skill to have especially if you're into something such as offensive security, because you know how to break into devices, you know how to steal data, you know how to do things that are almost near, I'd say, probably godlike. But the things that you can do with cybersecurity is absolutely terrifying, but it's interesting as well. But I, once I got in front of that show, it just I was like, well, this is something I want to do. This is something I want to try out. I discovered pen testing. I started learning it on my own. Uh, my path started from, you know, like I said, 2016. I, I got on Try Hack Me. I got on Hack the Box. I started following people like the Cyber Mentor. I uh, started following people like, uh, who else? Network Chuck, um, Hacker Exploit, um, Computer File. Uh, who else? This name's on top of my head. Uh, but just pretty much a lot of people on, like, on YouTube that have experience with this stuff. And that's how I mainly learned, just from watching YouTube videos. And using Google, just looking up things like, oh, what is a GPU? What is a motherboard? You know, how to perform a SQL injection, um, how to perform, you know, a cross-site scripting attack. And that's pretty much all you have to do. I'm just like, wait, why do I have to go to school for this stuff when all the information is right here? And I'm just like, you can study the Security Plus, you know, on Professor Master's YouTube channel for free. And that's pretty much what I did. So I was just like, wait, like all this information and knowledge is online. You can just utilize it to your own benefit. And I began seeing that once I saw the value in IT and cybersecurity and how important it is nowadays and how crucial it is to understand technology and how it works, I was like, oh, like I need to share this with people. I can't just keep this to myself. And with the community that I grew up in, it wasn't, I would say, luxurious. It was the east side of Washington, D.C. Like we struggled a lot. It's a really hard area to be in. And I start. I wanted to share it with people because I'm just like, you can get out of here. You can create a better lifestyle for yourself. Not only just help yourself, but help others as well. You know? I'm interested to hear some of your ideas or some of the things that you have done to share that information with underprivileged or um, mm -hmm. people that were in your past neighborhoods or mm -hmm. current neighborhoods like what what are some of the things that you have done to share those things and if not like what would you like to do okay so some of the things that i have done i would just meet people like on the street or something or like friends i let them know like hey this is what i do i'm really interested in cybersecurity and it i've been doing it for years and i would basically share all the knowledge that i had with them in terms of, I would like send them YouTube links, like how to get started and everything and such. But I realized that it wasn't really helping people out. So it was actually up until recently, I actually finally came up with the idea. I was like, how about I just make a guide about how to get into cybersecurity? I'm simply putting 
all of the basic foundations that's necessary, such as you know computer fundamentals, networking fundamentals, Linux, Windows, Python, website fundamentals, security uh, fundamentals. Would you like to share that guide with this? Yes, one hundred percent. Yes, I actually have it on my Twitter page. I have it pinned. I'm still working okay. on it at the moment, and I'm um, I'm giving myself three months to finish it. But I I do want to finish it before that time comes. Um, I already have uh, I would say five modules done, and I'm working on some other ones. Um, but I'm adding a lot of things to it. I'm going to be adding, you know, just explaining. It's Because uh, at first I was using it as notes. I was using it as notes to study for the Pentest Plus. And I was just like, wait a minute. Am I able to share these notes with other people? I figured out, I was like, okay, I am. I was like, well, how come I, I, you know, just set this up and structure it as a guide for people to learn from it? And I was like, okay, yeah, let's do this. And I figured out that you can put PDFs in there. I could put cybersecurity books in there. You can go ahead and put pictures just in case people need to understand like what something looks like or it just needs a demonstration. And if they need further explanation to understand the topic, I just put a video. And that's pretty much what I'm doing for every single module. I'm using Notion. It's a note-taking app. I'm using Notion to take everything down and uh, basically organize it in a format where it's easy to just like navigate through. Um, I'm putting um, job interview questions I'm putting resume tips. I'm putting down people to follow. I'm also going to be going over mental health. Um, you know how to avoid you know getting a burnout from studying too much. I want to. I want to make sure that we are definitely pushing that out. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to say to you, Alex, like I'm extraordinarily proud of you. I don't even know you, but I'm proud of you. Thank you. I um, really appreciate that. That means a lot. Honestly. Like it just like to have the the umph and the and the drive and the love and the passion to actually not just get out here and and do your thing for yourself, but to actually push it out to other people. Like I think that is the best thing ever like i think you are doing a really good job you're on a really good path and just keep it up and i will support you thank you i really appreciate that yeah at this point i'm just seeking to support other people as well because um i have experienced uh some strange incidences like working in it and such i would say basically racism this is a predominantly white field um, yep. You don't see a lot of black people in this field at all. And when I had finally came on to Twitter and discovered InfoSec, I started seeing people on Twitter that were like, you know, black people that were network engineers, programmers, website developers. I saw pen testers. I was like, wow, holy shit. <laughs> I had never seen it before. Uh, I had actually met a black woman that was a pen tester. And I was like, whoa, I've never heard of any. Like, I've never seen like where y'all where been at. I've been looking for y'all my entire life, really. Um, I, I, I was like, finally, like, I'm not alone. It isn't just me, you know, that's into this shit. Um, I just, I don't know. That's pretty much all I have to say on the topic. It's, it's really relieving. It's really refreshing for me. It's a really great feeling. And now that I'm finally working on, you know, my, uh, my guide, I'm glad that I'm actually able to actually help people i can actually get up there i was like why not just use the internet as a platform you know just to share the knowledge that i have you know yeah i think you are definitely um on the right track and again just being able to 
provide something back to someone else. And because we all know what that feeling feels like mm-hmm. when we are alone, when we are going through these certain things where we experience it, you know, like racism or anything of that nature, like mm-hmm. we have to have a community and surround ourselves with like-minded people. And that's not to say like-minded people where we go through racism or things of that nature, but it's okay to want to connect and have a community. Right. Like that should be the norm. Like we should be doing this every day, all day. So because it brings, it brings a sense of humanity. It brings a sense of empathy and that's just being naturally human. I feel like that's just something we should naturally do. Like we are a species that is very social. And, and of course we will get to where we are now if it wasn't for the combination mm-hmm. of our efforts. Yes. And we're not just black, like we're black and talented. Exactly. So, like we need to be highlighted. Like, so I appreciate you stepping up to the plate and, um, literally just sharing your story, sharing your struggles, um, and sharing your knowledge because you have more knowledge than I have. (laughs) So I'm just, I'm very, very, very much so happy that you spoke up and, 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 and stepped out. So I appreciate you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. It means a lot. Okay, so I know Charles stepped into the room, so Charles will let you speak as well. I just want to say, Alex, that is that is awesome. Man. I I like sit literally sitting here listening to that, listening to your story, and it's it's a great thing, man. You definitely like proud of you. I'm definitely rooting for you. Um, I'm I'm currently. It's funny. I'm currently living in the. Um, Near the DC area, so um, but but I'm originally from Yonkers, New York. Kind of like similar story, um, only difference is just time. Honestly, um, started out with a card catalog and a library card because that was all that was there at that time for, like, far as like learning resources. So I definitely applaud that you're taking advantage of the internet and using it in a way to help enhance your skill set. And um, I'm definitely, I'm, I just hit the follow button on your account. Um, definitely like the chat as well, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Thank you. I really, it's, it's a, I really appreciate, you know, you guys saying that you're proud of me and such. Um, it's about time that I've gotten myself out there. And um, it's just great being able to share the knowledge, you know, that I have. And this is just something that I'm naturally passionate about. Like I said, I got into ethical hacking and pen testing, and that's been my passion ever since. And I'm trying to get into, um, get my foot in the door in cyber right now. Right now, I work a service desk job, and it's service desk. <laughs> I've been there for a year. Uh, it's gotten ni- mind-numbingly easy. It's pretty much automation to this point. All I'm doing is just um, like creating users in Active Directory, you know, unlocking their account, changing their password, setting up a you know VM. like it's just uh i I want to pop shells i want to be i want to go ahead and like you know do in-map scans 
I want to use like, you know, Metasploit and everything and such. I want to start cracking passwords. I want to start looking for Etsy shadow files. Like that's something that I want to do. And I want to start that soon. Quick question. Are you on Discord mm -hmm. a lot? Are you on yes, Discord? I, I, yes, I'm on Discord pretty much 24-7. I'm in, actually in a lot of hacking servers. Are you in dead pixel sec? Um, no, but that does sound very, very familiar to me. Let me go ahead and open up my Discord. Um, if see. not, invite um, like in there, like I said, it's a combination of um, folks that um, like do mock interviews for jobs, do all kinds right. of different things. In the, yeah, in the, I've uh, seen those. Yeah, I've seen. I've definitely seen a mock interview jobs, especially on um, like YouTube and such. Yeah, no, we actually like like live, like um. Oh, okay, okay, I got you. <laughs> yeah, like I got um, you. um, my good friend, the um, the blind hacker, he does the um, he does a lot of the mock um interviews right, right. as well too, and we also do um fireside chats and different things as well too on different subjects. Right. Um, within that, um, it's it's like it's one big community. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, if if you're oh. not already in the server, I'll send you an invite. Oh, please. I would really appreciate that. I would love to talk for sure. One hundred percent. Also, just to know, um, I am no longer in the area. Um, I actually just moved out of the D.C. area back in May of 2021. I now currently okay. live in Houston. I, I now currently live in Houston, Texas on my own. OK. Um, um, See, I, I was hoping I was hoping, Alex, that you said you was in the Atlanta area because I was like, I'm just waiting. Mm -hmm. I'm waiting for him to say he's in the Atlanta area so we can definitely link up and go to these schools and talk to these kids. Right, like, right, right. I want to I want to link up with a bunch of people and mm -hmm. just make sure we are talking to the young people out here, especially the young black youth. Right. Like there's no it, it, reason. Just... Sorry, I can't sorry, remember. No, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry to cut you off. Um, I was going to say the easiest way to talk to people in my generation is through social media. Like yeah. going to school, like going to schools and everything and such and like doing it in person. Yes, that's great. But it's e it's much easier to get my generation's attention through social media, for sure. One hundred percent. Like I, I think, post stuff. I think social media is good, but I also remember well, I'm old, but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, again, like I can remember thinking that, wow, if someone, if a black woman had walked into my school when I was in school, especially, you know, middle school, high school, mm -hmm. whatever, if she had walked in there and said she worked in cybersecurity, I, I wouldn't even believe her at that time. Mm -hmm. And now we are in a time where they do believe it and they can believe it and they will believe it. And right. we have to be the representation that matters. Like we have to start putting ourselves in a position where we can convince some of these young people that they have the opportunity and mm -hmm. there's a place for them here. But it, it's still a struggle. Um, because again, it, there, it is a male dominated field, a white male dominated field to yeah. be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Um, however, we still need to be able to do whatever we can to make sure that we encourage our youth. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. to be then the next. So especially if they're sitting in it. So I don't know. It's a thing. Yeah, for sure. Is I've definitely met a lot of people, you know, my age, and I've tried to get them into this field, and it is generally didn't really seem that interested. Um, what got what also kind of caught my attention was uh, actually had a friend uh, from high school, and they pretty much got into the same thing that I was doing, but they were doing bug bounties. And I think a couple years ago, they showed me a bounty that they did. They got five thousand dollars for it, and I was like, "Huh, let me look into this real quick." <laughs> and that also caught my attention. So I'm just like, if you get these, like, if you get these really valuable skills that don't even take a college degree for you to get into the field and make good money off of it, then like, I never understood going to college. And that was just for me. My family was all about, you know, go to college, go to school, et cetera, et cetera. And I did it pretty much, like I said, on my own. Like all, like I actually attended a cybersecurity boot camp at the beginning of this year because I was like, I want to see all the hype is about. I want to see what you know what's so crazy about it. I paid a little bit of money for it, and through the first lecture, we're just going over basic security plus stuff. And I'm like, okay, I was there for about two weeks, and then I realized I'm like, all the same information are going over, and this is the boot camp that's from my college. I'm like, everything they're going over is stuff that I have studied off of YouTube. What is this? I will say this mm-hmm. <laughs> as a recent college graduate two weeks right. ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this college is not for everybody. Yeah, it's not and, for everyone for sure. And it's literally not for everybody. Right. But if you can get something out of it, get what you can out of it. Plus, right. if you need to do something outside of that, do it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, and college is also great for networking for sure, 100%. Yeah, I didn't do my networking through college, I did my networking through Twitter and LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And I end up my first entry level job, I make six figures. So, again, you know, we can we can downplay college, but at the same time, like if you really got something out of it. It can it can be a game changer, right? I had some of the best times of my life in college. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I didn't have the best times of my life. I I was, you know, I'm 41. I just graduated college, so mm-hmm. for me, it was a different mindset. Um, yeah, my mindset, college. my mindset yeah. towards it was looking at it from a financial standpoint. And in terms of being, you know, to obtain a skill, I'm not downplaying education at all. I'm all for education, 100% about it. Always seek to learn and grow and to be a better person for yourself and those around you all the time. Um, but just being able to pay for that skill, to pay for that knowledge, not a lot of people yeah. can afford that, unfortunately. I was one of those people. Um, and yeah, I, yeah, I came yeah. from the same background. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. have that background of, somebody was going to do this for me. I yeah, had that background. Yeah. Like it, it was one point in time where me, mm-hmm. my youngest daughter, and my oldest daughter, I, you know, we were all in college at the same time. And I was mm-hmm. putting us all through college. So, you know, again, right. I understand that that price mm-hmm. point thing, but if you can get something out of it, get what you can out of it. 
But I totally agree. it's not always right. for everybody. Yeah, it's not always for everybody for sure. And I don't and it's not like I'm telling people like, oh, don't go to college. No, everyone's path is different. And it's not something I want to discredit at all whatsoever because education is education. If you're learning something, you're gaining something out of it. That's a plus. One hundred percent I agree with that. But it just goes back to the whole price point thing. That's pretty much it. Yeah. My I, I totally agree with you. No, I totally agree. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and um what you're doing now, you're taking advantage of the time slot that you are allowed, like allotted pretty much in life. Yeah. Like so, this definitely wasn't around as, right. like my like my when my parents were kids, this wasn't around. They didn't have this kind of opportunity. They couldn't like, you know, just a keyboard and just look something yeah. up and immediately like know what it is. Right. Like, we're at a point in time where we can literally lay in bed. We we can have our groceries delivered to us, have anything we yeah. want pretty much purchased on the internet delivered to us. We have, you know, Uber and stuff like that. Like everything is pretty much almost automated. So comparing the opportunities of what my generation has now to what it was back then, completely different. Big totally agree. Um, like I said, when I started college, it was 1998, and my mm -hmm. desktop, my college computer, was a Dell Pentium 2, 64 mm -hmm. megs of RAM, Windows 98. 64 megs of RAM, my God. Yeah. And, uh. a 10, and a 10, yeah. no, uh, 10 gig hard drive. Look, Charles, I graduated high school in 1998. Like, that's why. I was born in 1998. <laughs> that's when I was born. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but that was my college computer. And again, I had Windows 98. Mm -hmm. And then I learned how to do dual booting with Windows 98 and Mandrake Linux. It wasn't even Mandrivia then. It was Mandrake. And, and again, that's look at the time slot and my like my way of communicating, like you said, like, you know, we got all these things in social media with Facebook, Reddit, Discord. At that time, the main thing was AIM. Mm -hmm. That was it. And Google wasn't even wasn't even really like that. What I, I used um, web crawler, dogpile. These were the search engines I was using, and Yahoo. So it wasn't, uh, and and that had only a certain amount of information. You had to know which specific sites to actually go to to actually get information. So I I definitely applaud you for taking advantage of the time slot you're allotted. At that time, that was my time slot. So. I took full advantage, and that's why I said I had some of the best times of my life in college. Again, at that time, the secu security, there was no InfoSec, none of that. Um, I had just recently heard about A+, but A+, didn't teach me how to build a computer. It was just more so buying the parts when I could mm -hmm. and actually putting it together. And I learned a $150 lesson about static electricity. Because I'm motherboard the first time I even tried to put a computer together. Oh, I, I, knew that I knew that's where you were for Yeah, Thankfully, that's never happened to me. <laughs> but that, but I learned about it, and that's how I learned how to put computers together. Oh, yeah, you learned after that for sure. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah. get that, 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 that wristband. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I still, like, to this day, I, I, I built a computer a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. I still use the desktop. I still use FreeBSD as my main desktop. Right. It doesn't change, you know? It's just the yeah, time. The same. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah building computers are just Legos with screws and wires, and that's basically it. 
as I said, <laughs> enjoy this. Rumble, young man, rumble. <laughs> hey, I'm doing my best. I wouldn't bring others up with me. Agreed. Yeah, and all about um, and like, like I said something earlier too, um, mental health so important, especially in this day and age. Yes. Um, my, yeah, one hundred percent. You need to have. You need to be in a clear head when you're studying. You need to be focused. Yep. Like deal with you know yourself first, whatever's going on inside of you, whatever your experience throughout life, all the adversities that you know you're going through. Definitely take time to process all of that because I know for sure one hundred percent it's not easy out here. Sometimes life is unfair. And this is why, like, on my and I must warn, <laughs> I was just warning you ahead of time. Most of my Twitter feed is mm -hmm. just positive stuff. I always try to keep positive stuff on there. I, I put mm -hmm. some tech on there. But I do a lot of morning videos, morning motivational videos, just mm -hmm. to, you know, just put something positive out there. It's all about energy. You put some energy out there that kind of gets you through the day. That's the yip yip, man. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep. 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 That's my, that's my. <laughs> I just, like I said, take each, I don't take any day for granted. We get to wake up, each one of us, and we get to do what we're enjoying for a living. And even if we're not at where we want to be, we're working to we're working towards where we want to be, actually. We may not be yep. there now, we're working towards getting there. Yeah, progress yeah. is progress, no matter how fast or slow. As long as you're growing, as long as you're learning, I don't care if it takes you 10 years, I don't care if it takes you 20 years. If you're putting forth effort and you're doing the work, that's all that matters. Yep. So um, I know Ren wanted to speak or ask a question. So mm -hmm. we're going to let them go. Actually, I have a stand up in like 10 minutes, so I'm back. <laughs> he said what? I got to stand up in about 10 minutes, so I'll be right back. Oh, okay. Like like, like a meeting? Like stand up Was meeting? it these Yeah, it's a stand up meeting. Yeah. Oh, oh. Oh, okay. you know what I thought? I thought he said he's about to get on stage and be back in like ten minutes, like like a stand up Charles. show. Yeah, I was a little confused too. <laughs> I thought that Charles. Yes. Good lord. I know. I, I I'm terrible. I literally thought I said he said I'm about to do a stand up in ten minutes. That's what I thought in my head. I thought, oh my goodness. This this. this. Uh, <laughs> I know they were being disruptive. But I want to give a shout out to whoever came with that wind can joke because when they started it, I almost choked on a fry. Like, yeah, I, oh, <laughs> I was caught off guard. I was caught off guard. I, was like, I saw it on, coming, man. but I couldn't say anything. You <laughs> were just like, "No, yeah, you're getting you're getting yourself into something terrible." <laughs> but you get a, you get a couple sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah, sometimes. No, yeah. it's good. I think we have definitely highlighted some of the Black people in the industry. Um, there are so many more um, I wish had joined so we can, you know, definitely highlight them. Um, They're just not here, but it is what it is. But, you know, I'm thankful for all the black men and women 
that did join and and the conversations that we did have, um, I think it's very informative and very, very awesome. Like, I'm really proud of everybody because we have all come from backgrounds where it was not so good. And to be where we are right now is impressive. Very impressive. Um, So I just want to say that very happy that we showed up. And again, I wish it, it was more black women here, but it is what it is. I'm a represent. Does anybody else have any other questions or anything like that um, going forward? If not, we can kind of bow out gracefully. Uh, I just have one more question. Mm hmm. If you were to start over in cybersecurity, how would you do it? Knowing with the information that you have now. With the information that I have right now, I would Mm -hmm. literally start earlier than I did. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of it, I'm a, I'm a super gamer. Like I've gamed since I was seven. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did not have enough support and push behind me because I wanted to be in tech back Mm -hmm. then. Um, But I didn't have the support system that I felt I I needed to have at that time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now going through what I went through as far as like college and all this other stuff, like I did have that support system. But it came from, like, my kids, you know, my mom came through a little bit later. But I wish I would have had that support system back then. I wish I would have had a just a black woman, black man, whatever. Like, I wish I would have had that be the person to walk into my life and say, you can do this. You know what I mean? Like, this is a real thing that you can actually do. And then I think I would have, like, believed in myself a lot more because I, I second-guessed myself. Like, I went, to, I went to school three different times. Like, the first time was, like, pre-law because I love to argue. Um this yeah, I'm wild like that. But the second time was for nursing because it was a cash cow. Um and and then the third time, which is the time I actually graduated for, uh, which is um uh, information security and assurance. And to be able to go back to school at in my late 30s and then finish at 41 and graduate and not gra- not just graduate I graduated with a damn near 4.0 GPA like 
that's crazy. That that blows my mind because it makes me know that I could have did this a long time ago. I could have been did this. But I didn't believe enough in myself. And so once I started to believe in myself and my kids started to believe in me and, and push me a little bit more, like it just really pushed me in the direction that I needed to go. And so here I am. And welcome. <laughs> and welcome. I'm so like seriously, like Yeah, that's that's remarkable. That's absolutely remarkable. Like coming out of college with a 4.0. How like how long did you sleep that night? That's a genuine question. Very well. I, I slept very well because I had a schedule. I mm. always kept a schedule. And I, I I I stayed true to it, and also like, and I didn't introduce myself when I came in. I just kind of jumped in, and I was like, "Hey, y'all!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> let me really introduce myself. So my name is Kalila. Um, most people call me Kiki, and I am founder of Tech Chicks, which is a women's organization. Um, that is geared towards fellowship with women and providing resources. Um, and this is all before I graduated college, let's be clear. Um, and I'm also a security compliance analyst with GHX, which I got the job before I graduated college. Um, but again, like, it's not really about what, what, knowledge you have in which way you have it um it's more so like if you really know how to people network and you really are serious about what you are doing and you really enjoy it it's gonna shine through in any interview that you ever ever have and that's how I got where I'm at today. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many people out here talking about, oh, no, you can't have a six-figure job being entry-level and not having them here to tell you that is not true. If that's what you really want, that's what you really push for. Because that's what I got. And I pushed for it. And I fought for it. And I worked for it. It, it can't get no better than that. It can't get no better than that. But, you know, I just, again, I'm always going to be an advocate for people putting themselves to be the best that they can be. I'm always going to be that person. But I 100% agree with that. I'm someone that believes that people should confront these challenges in life because on the other side of of all the challenges that you face, regardless if it's financial, mental, or just in terms of facing yourself, on the other side of all of that is a better version of you. And personally, that's not something I want to run away from. So when I'm faced with challenges, I always remind myself that this is just me gaining experience. These are just lessons. There's positives, negatives, and everything. And 
being able to actually, you know, like believe in myself and have the confidence to do all this stuff. It's not easy. It takes a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of long hours. It can be draining at times. Not everyone has the tenacity or the discipline to actually do that. It's something that's taught. Discipline is something that's definitely taught. Structure and such. How to have a positive mindset and outlook, not just on yourself, but on life in general. You know, so I definitely commend you for that, for, you know, going to college, getting a 4.0 GPA, getting an entry level six figure position. Wow. Like, holy shit. Not, not just everyone can do all of that. And you've done all that in your lifetime. That's definitely something to be 100 percent proud of. And like, again, I commend you on that. I know we have one more person that wanted to ask a question. Um, Daisy, please don't, please don't come on here being disrespectful. She cut out, so I hope what you meant to say. Please don't come on here acting a fool. I know. Please don't come on here acting a fool because fool right now with you. She just cut out and said, "Please don't come on here." Because it's such a positive space. Like I don't want to. Like, uh -uh. let's yeah, not. Yeah, don't throw off the vibe. Like, we're yeah, all chill here. the last guy I let in, I was just like, "Come on, son. Come on, D." Yeah, I did also want to point out we also got the Digital Empress in here. So, definitely excited to hear from you as well. Hi, everyone. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, that? thanks for coming in. Hey, Taylor. Um, did you have a question or anything or you want to just kind of talk about your experience or whatever? Um... I, you know, I came in when you were talking, pretty much encouraging um, anybody looking to be great in this field and just kind of giving advice. Um, and I really agreed with, you know, just kind of putting in the work and staying positive and having, you know, keeping your mind set on a goal. Uh, that's everything that I did to get to where I am and, you know, how I've obtained my dream job. Um and one thing that I want to say is um, I think so many people are seeing a lot of people get into the field and, you know, share their successes on the timeline and how they're getting, you know, six figures and they're getting these big jobs. I didn't start at six figures. Um, I started at the bottom. I started at help desk. And um, it wasn't, you know, I didn't have the best salary, but to me at the time, it was a great salary. It was my foot in the door. Um, and I just want to tell anybody, you know, if you don't have any experience and you're looking to just get started, um, don't lose out on a great opportunity to get your foot in the door and get that experience to really get to six figures um, by accepting a job that's going to give you um, some great entry level experience because, um, now as a pen tester, you know, a lot of the things that I do now is, um, I did as a help desk, you know, metrics, getting tickets down, um, going through 
problems and issues, working through problems and issues. A lot of what I'm doing now is what I learned at Help Desk. So um, start at the bottom and now I'm here. And um, for anybody looking to get in this field or you're starting at the bottom too, don't feel discouraged. Don't eat up. Just keep going. Keep at it. Uh, you made the first step to getting in here and now you just have to keep going. So that's all I have to say. <laughs> I absolutely agree with that because I actually worked help desk and not just help desk. I actually worked help desk and then the next job was asset management. Um, and so, again, that is a very point. Like, you have to start from the bottom. Like, there is no shortcuts to get where you want to be. But that's not to take away you can be where you want to be. Like, I think it's a mindset thing. And I don't want to ever discourage someone else that has the mindset to be where they want to be and just say, sorry, you got to start from the bottom. I don't believe that. I don't believe in you have to start from the bottom to work your way up because there are certain people that have transferable skills that they don't really have to do that all the time. But that's just me. Yeah, I just want to chime in and say I 100% agree with that. You have to be able to, to understand the basics and have the foundations of this basic IT stuff in order to go anywhere in cybersecurity, honestly. And I just want to say, Impress, I've been following your content for pretty much a couple it's a couple months now. You are a huge motivation for me to really just get off my ass and actually start popping some shells. Like, it's just like, man, like, but, but when I saw your profile, I've actually never seen a black female pen tester. I was appalled, absolutely just caught off guard. I was like, whoa, I've never seen this before. And now this kind of got deeper. Like, I, I, it motivated me to get deeper into the InfoSec community because I was just like, whoa, like, I've never met these kinds of people, never seen them. And that was just, absolutely is taken back. They're looking at your page, so I can start learning some shit too. So you are a huge inspiration. Thank you for like being where you are and sharing the information that you have been giving out to the public. Like it's it's crazy to me, honestly. Thank you so much. Um, I often forget that there's not many of us in this side of infosec. Um, I think there needs to be more. Yeah, and I and that's the reason why I kind of got on social media. And I started my brand because I noticed, you know, back in 2016, 17, that I didn't see many of us, you know, in the pen testing realm. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, okay, let me maybe put myself out there and I could start attracting more, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, it started and then, you know, my YouTube blew up and then, you know, I blew up on social media and more of us started to come out. And now, like, I have a full Black woman uh, CTF team. We're about to start um, a CTF tomorrow. And I'm, that's always been a dream of mine to have, like, a 
full black woman, you know, pin squad. Yeah, squad. Uh, man, that's wow. I I'm glad, so happy that you know, I'm super excited. Where do you work at, um, Taylor? And then what what does the CTF include? Like, yeah, so I'll post it. Uh, it's a virtual one with the Bug Bounty uh, site Integrity. I think that's how you say it. Uh, yeah, Integrity. Where you where you work at? Huh? No, I was asking where do you work at, and then what's the CTF? Where is the CTF? No, where do you work at? What company do you work for? And then where is the where can we find the CTF outside of you know or inside of that company? Oh, where do I work? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want to disclose that as of just yet for personal and privacy reasons. Um Smart. you guys know the company, but uh I will disclose that in the future when I get comfortable. Um but um it's a great company. You guys know the company, but you know, I just don't want to disclose that right now. But the CTF is with um integrity and it's a 24 hour CTF. I think it starts tomorrow and we you have the opportunity to win prizes, cash prizes, stuff like that. And um I rounded up four black women to participate in that. One of them will be doing it for the first time. So yeah, I'm really proud of that. How do we how do we sign up for it? Sure, I'll post it right now on my timeline. So you okay. guys can, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, I think we are just at time, right, Parker? Yeah, if we want to start wrapping up, thank you so much, everybody that came in. Um, no, we had a little bit of a slow start, but I'm really uh, glad that we were able to talk for a couple hours. Okay, perfect. So happy to highlight everybody. And again, we want to highlight... Uh, Everyone here, especially like, um, I don't think you were in the like message or in the uh, chat, but Digital Empress, we definitely want to highlight you. You definitely um, have an impact on a lot of the black women and men uh, in tech. So we definitely want to shout you out um, in this in this stream. So, but yeah, other than that, I think we are wrapping it on up. Perfect. Yeah, thank you again so much, everybody that came and talked, uh, came and listened. Uh, the space is in, is recorded, so it should be available. If you missed the beginning or want to listen, grab some of the amazing things everybody shared. Um, it'll also be in a podcast in about probably a week or so, along with all of the other spaces that we've held. 
Um, and then in about two weeks from tonight, we're going to do another space highlighting a lot of the amazing uh, women in the industry and those online as well. So hopefully everybody will stop in and hear from some of our amazing speakers then as well. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, thank you. Hopefully we'll get you on, on the 24th as well. Sure, that'd be awesome. Perfect. Thank you all so much. Have a good rest of your night, and we'll see you later. GG, you guys be safe.